Greetings, listeners. This is your favorite supervillain, the abominable Dr. Bish, taking over the universe one planet at a time. And I welcome you to my podcast. Hello, folks. I hope you're all in good health. Christmas is just around the corner, and I hope that your preparations are going smoothly. So, as you're all aware, this is my inaugural review episode, and I have decided to review three horror thriller Netflix original films for you. None of these films are brand new, but the reason I'm reviewing them is that I believe that these movies are hidden gems and I feel that more people need to watch them. My reviews contain a synopsis of each film but I will try my level best not to spoil any of them for you. And just to let you know, I will be utilizing a 5 star rating system for my reviews. So without further ado, here we go. You know, it never fails to fill me with absolute joy when I watch a film, expecting it to be good, but it ends up being far more special than I had anticipated. That's precisely what Matt Palmer's Netflix original British thriller Calibre is, and it's also the first film on my list. Without giving anything away, because it will be a huge disservice to anybody who has not seen the film yet, Calibre, which was released in 2018, revolves around two childhood friends. Vaughn, portrayed by Jack Lawden, who many of you will remember as one of the Spitfire pilots in Christopher Nolan's World War II opus Dunkirk. And Marcus, portrayed by Martin McCann, who go on a hunting trip at a remote area of the Scottish Highlands. Unfortunately, things rather abruptly go south for them and continue to deteriorate rapidly, severely testing our protagonists not only physically and mentally, but also and especially morally. Although there are aspects of the premise that are familiar and derivative, Palmer injects the screenplay with enough fresh ideas that prevent the film from being predictable at any point. Smartly written, the movie is a masterclass in creating a never-ending atmosphere of dread, suspense and palpable tension that has you in its nerve-jangling grip right until the end. 
primarily shot at Abbeytrace Country Park in West Lothian, Scotland. The film is brimming with forest locations that look equal parts majestic, haunting, and despite their vastness, strangely claustrophobic, thanks to the film's tensive narrative. Calibre also boasts strong performances across the board, as well as realistic characters and dialogues. Consequently, all the interactions in the film come across as organic as well as engaging. Nevertheless, perhaps the film's two biggest strengths are its moral ambiguity and the fact that Palmer does not insult the viewer's intelligence with a cop-out ending. By the time the film reaches its conclusion, you are not only left mentally drained, but also deeply conflicted, but certainly not about the quality of the film. Calibre is a gritty, twisted, and genre-tweaking thriller that I can't recommend highly enough. A Netflix hidden gem that I would happily give a rating of four and a half stars. The second film on my list is Gareth Evans' 2017 period horror movie, Apostle. I'm a huge admirer of Evans' pulse-pounding action films, The Raid and The Raid 2, and I never ever get tired of watching them, recommending them to other action movie connoisseurs, and praising them to high heaven. The films are also two of my top three favourite action movies of all time. The third one, in case you're wondering, is George Miller's action epic, Mad Max Fury Road. But I'm not going to talk about it here, because trust me, I always have a lot to say about that film. So anyway, back to Apostle. Thanks to the sheer adrenaline-pumping brilliance of the Raid movies, I was highly anticipating Apostle, and the film largely delivered. It's not flawless, mind you, but I strongly believe that its strengths outweigh its weaknesses. Set in 1905, Apostle revolves around Thomas Richardson, portrayed by Dan Stevens, who discovers that his sister has been abducted and held for ransom by a mysterious cult that lives on a remote Welsh island and is led by an enigmatic ex-convict named Martin Howe, portrayed by Michael Sheen. Consequently, Richardson travels to the said island and infiltrates the cult under the guise of a new member in order to rescue his sister. However, it's not long before Richardson finds himself deep inside a nightmarish world inhabited by killer cultists and replete with dark secrets, terror and blood-splattered violence. With Apostle, Evans tackles a genre that is markedly different from his aforementioned martial arts crime action movies. Written and edited by Evans, Apostle is drenched in pagan-like mythology and is a suspenseful, disturbing and atmospheric horror film that examines such themes as redemption, capitalism, desperation and especially religion. 
Moreover, although the film contains supernatural elements, its scares are provided by its human characters, who are more than capable of committing the most despicable acts of cruelty. Unlike the raids, Unlike the raid films, Apostle is not brimming with action sequences from the get-go. However, Evans builds up the tension and suspense to a boiling point before the movie erupts with blood-soaked Grand Guignol final act that consists of shocking violent sequences that are, that are as visceral, visceral and tense as the set pieces in both The Raid and The Raid 2. These scenes are also a reminder that when it comes to directing and editing action sequences, Evans is in a class of his own. And let's not forget, sharp editing always plays an integral role in a great action sequence. In addition to the above, Apostle also boasts solid performances by its talented cast the highlight of which is Michael Sheen as the aforementioned Prophet Malcolm. He receives strong, strong support from Lucy Boynton, who plays Malcolm's kind-hearted daughter. However, the star of the show is Dan Stevens, as the film's angst-ridden primary protagonist. Stevens also impresses in the film's hard-hitting action sequences. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again, this guy needs to be our next James Bond, as I believe that he would be perfect for the role. And if you don't believe me, check out Adam Wingard's excellent 2014 thriller, The Guest. Stevens is absolutely brilliant in it. It's also one of my favourite films and features a cracking soundtrack. Besides the performances, Apostle is further enhanced by its deeply unsettling score by regular Evans collaborators Fajr Yusuf Kamal and Arya Prayogi, as well as its gorgeous locations. The film is primarily shot at Margam Park in Neath Port Talbot in Wales. Moreover, Matt Flannery's gritty cinematography and the film's production design bring to life the ambience of that era whilst intensifying the movie's oppressive and unsettling narrative, ergo making it a truly immersive viewing experience. A special mention also goes to the makeup special effects team that is responsible for the film's wince-inducing gore and injury effects, as well as as well as its plethora of grotesque images. Nevertheless, as I mentioned earlier, Apostle is not a film without its flaws. I believe that at a duration of 129 minutes, the film is longer than it should be, and could have told its story far more effectively with a leaner screenplay, and consequently a shorter running time. Moreover, for, some, for someone who has infiltrated the cult with the intention of rescuing his sister, Richardson comes across as being frustratingly ill-equipped for the task at hand and does not appear to have 
much of a plan and strategy to successfully carry out his mission. Additionally, there are various instances where our protagonist manages to escape a number of perilous situations with relative ease, which at times comes across as being deeply contrived and makes suspension of disbelief slightly problematic. Also, on more than one occasion, Evan seems to be taking the narrative towards a particular direction but then seemingly loses interest. This results in certain potentially interesting plot strands dissipating even before they are fully developed. However, despite its faults, Apostle managed to be a gripping and memorable viewing experience. The film works perfectly well, not only as a gory homage to Robin Hardy's classic 1973 British horror film, The Wicker Man, but also as a companion, a companion piece to Ari Aster's folk horror film, Midsummer, which I believe is one of the best films of 2019, and Ben Wheatley's underrated horror crime thriller, Kill List. Kudos to Gareth Evans for making a conscious effort of giving us a film that is distinct from his previous cinematic outings. I can't wait to see what else he has in store for us in the future. I have absolutely no qualms about awarding Apostle a, st a strong four-star rating. The third and final hidden gem on my list is Zach Hilditch's brilliant horror drama, 1922. Released in 2017, the film is set in the eponymous year and revolves around a rancher named Wilfred Wilf James, portrayed by Thomas Jane, who lives on a farm in Hemingford Home, Nebraska, along with his wife Arlette, played by Molly Parker, and their 14-year-old son, Henry, portrayed by Dylan Schmidt. Although Wilf and Henry seem to be quite content with the farming life, the same cannot be said about Arlette, who has not adapted to the rural lifestyle. Her potential escape comes in the shape of the hundred acres of farmland that she inherits. She decides to sell the land and move to Omaha, which is something Wilf is strongly opposed to. Upon realizing that she is adamant regarding her decision, Wilf plans to murder his wife and also manages to recruit Henry to help him with committing the crime. And I won't spoil the film for you any further. However, what I can tell you is that 1922, which is based on a Stephen King novella of the same name, is a deeply melancholic, tragic and poignant examination of such themes as guilt, regret, consequences, isolation, greed and the soul-destroying grief that accompanies the loss of a loved one. Although the film does have some supernatural elements, they are largely understated, and I personally interpret them as the metaphorical manifestation of the aforementioned themes. The scares in 1922 are not provided by ghosts, 
demons or monsters, but by its character's suffering and guilty conscience. 1922 boasts strong supporting performances by Schmidt as Henry, Neil McDonough as Will's well-to-do neighbour, and Parker as Arlette. And it's great to see her in the film as she starred in one of my favourite shows of all time, HBO's Deadwood, which I can't recommend to you highly enough, in case you have never seen it. Nevertheless, it certainly won't be an exaggeration to describe 1922 as a one-man show featuring one of the finest performances of Thomas Jane's entire career. Delivering his dialogues through clenched teeth, Jane delivers a brilliantly nuanced performance with subtle comical touches as an individual gradually losing his sanity and his sense of reality. The viewing experience is further enhanced by the film's high production values, immersive production design and superb cinematography by Ben Richardson thanks to which the initially gorgeous countryside scenery slowly starts feeling claustrophobic and oppressive as the narrative gets darker. A word of warning, though. Despite its myriad strengths, 1922 is not everybody's cup of tea. Its cares are not explicit, and it tells a very bleak and pessimistic story which is devoid of any life-assuring moments. Some viewers might also be put off by its slow-burn pace. However, instead of being a full-on scarefest, 1922 is akin to a slowly rotting wound, and this is what makes the film so effective, as it burrows under your skin and stays with you long after the closing credits are finished. I have never read the aforementioned novella, but I have heard that 1922 is largely a very faithful adaptation of it. Longtime fans of the seminal and celebrated horror, macabre and mystery writer Edgar Allan Poe will also notice elements of his short story, The Telltale Heart, in the film's narrative. The Shining, Misery, The Shawshank Redemption, and The Green Mile, just to name a few, are some of the finest adaptations of Stephen King's work, regardless of how faithful they are to their source material. And I strongly believe that 1922 ranks up there as one of the greatest Stephen King adaptations of all time. I would give it a strong rating of four and a half stars without any hesitation. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I also hope that you'll enjoy the aforementioned films whenever you watch them. Your feedback will be highly appreciated. And you can either leave it on my Instagram page, The Abominable Dr. Bish, or you can email me on the abominable Dr. Bish at gmail.com. Before I leave, I would like to answer a question that people often ask me, which is, Dr. Bish, what exactly are you a doctor of? To which my answer is short and sweet. 
I am the doctor of style and desire. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I lose my sense of reality from time to time. You'll get used to it. Anyway, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Look after yourselves and have a wonderful Christmas. And above all else, stay safe. Because if you and your loved ones are healthy, every day is a celebration. I shall return after Christmas. It's time to bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang!